Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 12 of Home Away from Dome. Extignant Circumstances. Look up the episode title. I might have got the pronunciation wrong. Exigent Circumstances. All right, let's jump in. Home. Away. From. Dome. So episode 12, this is the episode before the finale. Um, so things are getting pretty wild. You'll remember Barbie was on the run last week. I was also on the run last week. I was late for my stand-up. I actually got there on time. Um, the commute's really easy. I just open up Zoom on my laptop. Um, but I, I, I did want to touch on what I didn't get a chance to touch on last week, which is sort of a new thing that we learned that the Dome can do. Uh, summon tornadoes and I assume other weather events. Um, I don't know if it could do a volcano or something like that, but it seems to be pretty easy to control uh, the wind um, and how that sort of fares into things. Um, the sort of core of this idea is that the dome is keeping us safe um, from a virus uh, that would hurt a portion of our population. Um, and of course, there's side effects to anything that you do in life. There's always the butterfly effect. Um, you know, you put a dome down and now people can't leave the town and um, you know maybe they needed something on the other side and you know you got to weigh the pros and cons um, something like a vengeance tornado uh, I don't know how that's gonna work it's pretty pretty much a negative <laughs> it's not much of a butterfly effect it by itself is pretty bad um, yeah so I think what we'd have to do is just sort of live with it I don't think there is much that we can do um, the dome does seem like it can be appeased um, I don't know historically appeasement's not a great strategy if you followed um, World War II um, but I don't know maybe the dome is more trustworthy I doubt it um, you know in this scenario we did invite the dome in it's not like Chester's Mill where it just sort of shows up uninvited um, so maybe it's sort of like a trade-off. It's like, well, if you want me to do all this stuff, then I get to pick four kids and they do whatever I say, or else I'm going to start throwing trees at people. Um, overall, it's I can't spin it in a positive way. It's definitely a negative, this um, megadome tornado. Um, to be fair, though, the I will say the tornado didn't do too much. It looked like a pretty wimpy tornado. never even hit the ground. Um so that's that's one advantage there. Maybe they aren't that big. Second, Toronto seems like a pretty solid place. Um, on the one hand, I don't think we build buildings to be able to withstand tornadoes. We're not exactly in Tornado Alley. On the other hand, if you ever look at the places that get wrecked by tornadoes, it doesn't look like the downtown core of a city. Um, our buildings look pretty solid. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see about that. Anyway. So that was, that was a little bonus content from last episode. Let's get into this episode. Because just like last week, a lot happens. Um, and I'm sure, to, I'm sure next episode, even more is going to happen. So, let's start things off. Uh, there's a town hall meeting. The whole town's come to uh, Angie's diner uh, to listen to Big Jim. Because, you know, he's got a big announcement. The announcement being, you know, Barbie killed all these people and we're going to hunt them down. Now, I've talked about this before. The town loves Big Jim, but also every one of our main characters knows that he's an asshole. Um, <laughs> and not trustworthy, except maybe Dottie. Um, 
So we needed somebody to basically voice the town's opinion and say, like, you know, keep it up, Big Jim. Uh, so they invented a new character called Miles. Uh, Miles is a big fan of Big Jim and not a big fan of um, rights. Um, <laughs> big Jim actually is just, you know, he, he's about to start a militia hunting down Barbie and Miles is like, what if he's hiding in one of our homes? Well, would you have me do, Miles? House sweeps? You can search mine. And Jim's like, but I will not stomp on people's rights. Our constitution still protects them. This is still the United States of America. No, it's not. It hasn't been for two weeks. I don't belong to the United States. It's been two weeks since I paid taxes. I am clearly a member of the Dome, um, and the town's on their side. The only person we have who's sort of playing the counterbalance of this is Carol. She's back. She left her dead wife's side to come to the town hall meeting. Miles, I, I recognize the threat, believe me. Then why aren't you knocking down doors? Because that's illegal. Um, she's a lawyer also. I, I didn't realize that. Editor's note, if you're wondering who Carol is, that's Carolyn, Nori's mom. Steve continues to get her name wrong for the whole episode. Um, anyway, Big Jim's like, well, you know, I, I love our constitution, but I guess I can declare a state of emergency and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll walk over to everyone's house. Honestly, I think people were a fan of this just because maybe Big Jim will come to their house and it's sort of like a local celebrity. This is not the end of Chester's Mill. This is just the beginning. Um, but Big Jim finds three more burly guys maybe this is the farm boys um new job um and they're gonna go looking around house to house um it reminded me of the classic star wars quote um where palpatine seizes control of the republic turns it into the empire um and padme goes so this is how liberty dies Thunderous applause. They had a very similar vibe in this. A lot less aliens, but um, that was sort of the vibe of the scene. Um, Linda also wasn't a huge fan of it, but she's a pushover, so she goes along with it. Um, she says, I am not turning our town into a police state just because you say so. It's not me, Linda. It's the people. Yeah, we know you're not, Linda. There's only one of you. Maybe Junior can help you out, but how are... You need more than two people to make a police state. Maybe, like... I don't know. I... I wish Chester's Mill was a police state, as in a state that had a functioning police department. <laughs> anyway, so that's sort of our opening scene there. Uh, Big Jim sort of setting the scene. Um, meanwhile, for Children of the Dome, Joe still has a man crush on Barbie. He, he's going to save us all. He does not believe that Barbie murdered all those people. N neither does Nori or Angie. Junior does, because he always trusts his dad, even though his dad has done nothing but lie to him in every episode. Well, we know it's not Junior. Not the way he ran off last night. Anyway, uh, they're, they're just doing weird stuff with the mini-dome. Uh, they think that... When the butterfly hatches, the monarch will be crowned. I don't see how it crowns anybody if it's trapped inside that little dome. Which is a weird thing to believe. You'd think they would have done some, like, thing where the dome tells them that, but they've just sort of put the dots together and have decided that this butterfly is important. I just feel when it comes out of its chrysalis... Something's gonna change. I don't. I don't know. It's it's very back and forth on whether this butterfly means anything. Um, Carol, who is back, she's an actor on the show again. Uh, comes in and she's like, "What is that? It's like the dome's heart." What do you mean heart? We think it's the source that powers the whole thing. She's like, "Ah, it's okay. Whatever. I know you guys are just kids, and you're holding what could be the only way out of the dome, and..." You didn't even explain what you're really doing with it. It seems like you're just hiding it in a barn, but whatever. I'm not even going to get too involved. <laughs> I'm just going to leave. Um, I, I thought that was pretty irresponsible. Maybe she just was 
sort of out of it. She's just leaving her confinement for the first time. Anyway, this is probably Lindsay's favorite part of the episode. They need to get the mini dome out of their house because it's so suspicious and they're suspicious. So where do they go? Take it to Ben's. We can trust him. They go to Ben. Ben the stoner. Skater boy Ben. Um, so they put the mini dome on a wagon, which would have been extremely suspicious. They cover it with about 20 tarps and then they wheel it over across town to Ben's. So yeah, that's, it, that's a fun part of the episode. Uh, meanwhile, back at Town Hall, just a quick little thing. Linda deputizes the rest of the town, basically, from what it seems like. I don't know. She's just talking to people. You do not damage property, and you do not kill Dale Barbara. Yeah, we got it. Okay, Linda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go serve and protect. You got it, Linda. I guess they needed to give Big Jim some muscle. Um, Phil is also looking to help out with the police department. You need an extra hand today? Sure, do. Let's go. Phil, honestly, this season, it seems like he spent more time as a member of the militia than as a DJ. Um, I'm remembering now, I always, I've, I almost never called Phil Phil when I watched the show the first time. I always called him DJ Phil. And I remember now, I'm realizing now that the humor in that is just that he does so many things that you wouldn't expect the town DJ to do. Um, you don't expect him to get shot fighting over a well you don't expect him to uh be sort of the angriest guy in town and kick barbie in the face um you don't expect him to do some things that are coming up in season two i believe but anyway i'm jumping way ahead of myself there um barbie meanwhile is still running around the woods um we saw angie do that earlier in the season um and i think barbie wanted to say thanks because he goes and meets up with angie Um, And he does that by running up behind her, smothering her with his hands, and then going, don't scream. Angie, of course, you know, she's used to that. She's um, been constantly in peril the entire season. Um, She she gets over it pretty quick, and she's like, oh, what's up? What's up, Barbie? And he's like, Julia's the loose end in all this. Big Jim's going to kill her, so we got to steal her from the hospital. Uh, Valid plan, I guess. Big Jim probably will kill Julia if she ever comes out of her coma. Um, that would be a fun scene. Um, but on the on the flip side of things, usually you keep people at a hospital because um, they're doing things to keep them alive. I don't know what Barbie plans on. Like, I don't know. It's not just like you can put Julia on bed rest. I assume she has maybe an IV or maybe they're doing treatment or at the very least helping get rid of bed sores i don't know anyway his plan is just snatch her from the hospital and angie is in because why not angie's like i'm out of the bunker i gotta live a little you only live once hashtag yolo yolo would have been a lot bigger when this episode came out um let's see so they get to the hospital the doctor's like, oh, she might have neurological damage, um, which implies one of two things. Either she got shot in the head, which she didn't, or she's lost so much blood and been unconscious for so long that it might cause brain damage. So I really don't think they should be taking her out of the hospital. But anyway, that's what happens when you get shot in the shoulder. You are brain dead. <laughs> um, the nurse... So Junior was sent by Big Jim to make sure nobody snatches Julia. Um, He doesn't know that Big Jim probably is going to murder her. He's just there standing guard. 
and she, he's asking questions to our local nurse, and the nurse just goes, I'm not a doctor, Junior. Yeah, but you're kind of as close to a doctor as we've got. Every other doctor dead. You're, maybe you don't have a degree. You're probably the closest thing. I don't know. It, she's so not as helpful as you'd expect for the only medical official in town. Which also raises a great point of like, you know what it actually raises? I don't know what a candy striper does at a hospital. Angie was that. She never shows up to work anymore. I assume, like, having a diner is fine, but, like, it seems like this care facility is just being run by one nurse who probably lives there. You'd think Angie could come help out a little bit more often. I don't know what a candy striper does, though. Candy stripers. You guys have key cards to the clinic's back entrance, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So help me save Julia. You know what? I haven't done this in a while. Let's Google in real time. What does a candy striper do? Ooh. They're known as a hospital volunteer. So, okay, so this is going to be super generic. They work under the direct supervision of nurses. Okay, so she could probably still help there. Anyway. She's got other stuff to do with the dome and all that. Doesn't have time to help the sick. Um, Angie's not sure about breaking in, but then Barbie's like, here, have a cigarette. So if you remember a few episodes ago when Barbie panic bought all the cigarettes in town, um, it worked out. He was able to convince Angie with it. <laughs> um, Angie, like all of her plot lines, eventually has to go talk to Junior and pretend that she's into him. I just need someone to talk to. Someone or me? You. You're the only one who understands what I'm going through. Um, it's really all she does. Um, you'll remember in the first episode, she had to act like, you know, they were a, a couple, and that, but she was breaking up with him. Um, in later episodes, she had to act like she was into him so that he would let her out of the bunker. After that, she had to act like she was into him so that he would join the four hands. Now she has to act like she's into him so that Barbie can steal Julia. It's really... Junior's a psychopath, but to be honest, <laughs> it's a tough thing to read Angie because every episode she pretends that she's super into him. Um, not to say that Junior doesn't create a lot of these scenarios, but I don't know. It's He doesn't have the best grasp on reality, and the situations he's put in make it even tougher to figure out what's going on. Anyway, they started making out... Um, Pretty, pretty spicy stuff. And then he's like, You taste like cigarettes. Barbie. Which further solidifies the idea that Barbie still has the only cigarette supply in town. <laughs> he's sort of a jerk, but... Anyway. Oh, I wanted to comment on Junior. It feels like Junior this season, his whole life is a chess piece in a war between the two sides of the um, town. On one end, we have Big Jim, who's sort of, uh, we see him as a bad guy, but I don't, I don't know, compared to the other side, um, who is always telling Junior, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this for me, for our family, for our town. Um, and obviously Junior's very susceptible to that. On the other side, we have the Dome, which acts through its agents of Andrew, Joe, and Nori. And they're trying to get Junior to do X, Y, and Z. Um, I don't know why both sides are fighting over Junior so much. Um, he's sort of the wharf of this show. I'll get into that in a second. I don't know. It's, it, it always feels like he's the most important chess piece, and the Dome needs Junior on its side. 
Big Jim needs Junior on its side, and I don't even know. It, the Dome makes Big Jim more relevant than it needs to be by putting so much importance on killing him and getting Junior on his side and all that. Anyway, more manipulation of Junior in this episode. Um, for anybody who's not familiar with the term, I call Junior the wharf of this show. Um, wharf, of course, from Star Trek The Next Generation, um, but more importantly from TV tropes. Uh, the idea of this trope, uh, or of the wharf of the show, is somebody who's presented as tough, um, but doesn't really prove it in the show. Their point is to be tough enough that when somebody else beats them up, you go, oh, wow, that new guy's really tough. Um, because the, the only person Junior is beaten in a fight in this whole season is Joe, um, which is not impressive. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, if you ever listen to this podcast. Um, in this episode, he fights Barbie, um, and it's it's pretty intense. Um, he, he yells about finding Barbie, runs up to him. Barbie knees him in the chest about six times and then throws him on the ground, and that's the fight. Um, yeah, and then Barbie, Julia, and Angie, because Barbie took Julia while Angie was making out with Junior, uh, they escape in an ambulance. Or Angie and Julia escape in an ambulance. Barbie's like, I'll buy you some time. I'll stay here. By the way, it's not that tough to run away from the police when there's only two of them. Um, you can, if you if there's three of you, you can all just run in separate directions. Um, Barbie, there's on, you know there's only one of them, so he gets caught, um, sort of intentionally. Anyway, Linda arrests him. Now I know what everybody here is thinking: Who cares about Barbie? What's Big Jim up to? Well, our good friend Dottie from the radio station. Uh, she's starting to remember things. And she goes over to Jim, and she's like, Yeah, Jim, you'll, you'll never guess. There's this weird egg in town. So it burned me. Jim's like, What? An egg? He doesn't say that. He just sort of looks at her like, What the? What are you talking about? Um, and then she's like, Oh, yeah, and also the radio chatter. The military is looking for Barbie. Because apparently he's the only one they trust to get that egg. Um, Barbie, of course, is known for his culinary skills. Um for anyone not watching and this may be unclear, I don't know if I've explained this well enough, but when I talk about the mini-dome, the mini-dome is protecting an egg on the inside. So that's what they're talking about. Anyway, they go to the radio station, and Big Jim is uh, listening to the radio, and the radio's like... Well, also, first of all, I don't know how, why they're able to hear this. I thought the lightning was the only reason they were able to hear this before, but now they can always hear the military chatter. Whatever. Um... Anyway, the military chatter is like... Any idea who's in charge in there? Sir, the ranking official is a James Rennie. Is he a viable contact for this mission? Colonel Cox, I would not recommend that. Sir, right after the missile hit, our UAVs did a full perimeter sweep of the dome wall. One drone caught surveillance of this Rennie murdering the town reverend at the bridge road. And then Dottie is in the background, and she's like, Oh no, Big Jim killed Reverend Coggins. I've been a complete fool for putting my faith in Big Jim. Um, which she has been. Anyway, any guesses from viewers on what Big Jim does to get out of this tricky situation? Um, he's in a room with uh, Dottie, a person who had a lot of faith in him up until now. Um, the only evidence against him is a radio transmission. Um, that radio transmission isn't going to be able to be questioned or to give additional context. Um, a lot of wiggle room. Now, all I've ever done was protect the people of this town. I think I hurt them? Are you 
Big Jim, of course, decides to say, yep, I killed him, take no regret, and then shoot Dottie, uh, instantly killing her. That dome can't come down. Not now. Then Jim takes three precision shots at the radio station to um, d disable all of the equipment. I think then he realizes that was dumb and lights the building on fire. So, yeah, the radio station got burnt down and Dottie with it. Linda! Linda, it's Jim. The radio station's on fire. Could it be arson? It's Barbie. Um, a real shame. DJ Phil takes it very hard. Why did he do it? Dodie never hurt anyone. But Barbie won't get away with it. <sighs> I promise. I don't even know if he can be call himself a DJ anymore. Um, we're gonna have to see what happens next episode. Or, most likely, next season. I don't think they care enough about DJ Phil to put it in the finale. Uh, also, because of this, Barbie sort of has a new enemy, uh, DJ Phil, because he thinks that Barbie killed Dottie and burnt down his uh, home slash place of business. Yeah, pretty wild. Also, another murder by Big Jim. He is on fire lately, much like the radio station. While this is going on, of course, uh, the children of the dome drop off their mini dome at Ben's house. What's that? We have something we have to hide from the sweeps. The Gestapo hit my house a while back. Any chance we can stash it? My stash house is your stash house. Ben puts it in his room. It's awesome. It's like a lava Hey, don't touch it! Last person who did got hurt. Great line, also just a sort of scene setter where um, the garbage truck comes by and Ben's like, Oh, hey, I, I thought, no, not working at the bank anymore? And the guy's like, No need for banks anymore, Ben. Always garbage, though. Like, my favorite line of the episode. Anyway, basically things go to crap. Um, Barbie gets arrested. Joe and Nori go back to the farm. Uh, and for some reason, Carol is uh, trying to make sure nobody can get in the barn. Miss Hill, let me tell you how much we don't have time for this. Let me tell you, Mr. Rennie, how much a lawyer knows about illegal searches. Why is she doing that? There's nothing in the barn? I don't think the kids told her that. So, once again, no adults allowed uh, in the super cool teen club. Uh, they cause a huge ruckus. They become instantly suspicious on this weird First Amendment. I don't know what amendment it is that keeps people out of your house. But it's a weird, like, civil rights protest that they had no reason to do. If you don't have a search warrant, which you do not, you're gonna need one of four things. Or exigent circumstances. I don't know what you call a murderer on the loose, man, but I call that extremely exigent. Uh, and Joe and Nori get arrested. Where is it? Where's what? Don't play games with me on this one, little buddy. That damn egg, I know all about it, I know what it's for. So yeah, Barbie, Joe, and Nori are all in jail. Big Jim is the sort of, you know, warden. He goes and mocks and intimidates all three of them. Uh, and Carol is sitting outside in the police station, and she's like, I won't leave the premises until my daughter and Joe McAllister are released. And Jim's like, It's a public building. You stay as long as you like. Jim's an interesting... I was actually thinking about this today. If anybody's ever familiar with character or... Like, it's like a D&D &D alignment thing, um, sort of how to describe yourself, you know, like, if you are a good person who always uh, follows the law, you'd be lawful good. Um, and... Well, that, if I describe each of them, there's nine different things. That's going to take a while. Basically, it's just an axis on how to characterize somebody. Uh, are they good or bad, or are they lawful or chaotic? Um, Big Jim's really interesting, though. He's definitely evil, but he's pretty lawful evil. Except the problem is he is the law. 
So is it lawful evil if you write your own laws? Anyway, that's just a little question there. But he always he he seems to follow state law, you know, government law, municipal codes, and all that jazz. And he didn't even go along with Miles' idea that they aren't a part of the United States anymore. He's citing like uh, actual uh, rights of Americans. So he's not. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to fight Jim sometimes, you know, because he he's just using the law against you. And much like Judge Dredd, he is the law. <laughs> Yeah, so Big Jim is spending his time sort of intimidating children in this episode. You got something to say, little lady? So why do they call you Big Jim? You're just some loser trying to scare kids. Nori and Joe are making Nazi illusions. We should have killed Big Jim when we had the chance. Why would the Dome want us to do that? Look what he's doing, Joe. Pulling all these Nazi moves. Talking about... Um, you know, this is how it starts. Uh, good, all it takes is for good people not to do anything. You know that quote? This is the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil. It's for good people to do nothing. That's us, Joe. Anyway, you know, Jim's not a great guy, but... <laughs> um, Nori starts talking some shit and Big Jim's just like, Oh, okay. You think I, you think I don't scare you? And he comes into his, her jail cell. I don't know what he was going to do, like get up in her face, punch her. Anyway, he sl Nori slashes at him because she has some sort of prison shiv that she's built. I don't know where she got it. Maybe it was just keys in her pocket or something. Um, Big Jim then is like, all right, whatever. You guys can leave. I don't want you guys in my jail anymore. Um, <laughs> he does that so that he can tail them. Put a tail on those kids. Why? They're hiding something. Could be our way out. You really think so? Somehow Linda is able to tail them, even though she is one of the only person with a police car in town. And I don't know, I feel like it'd be pretty easy to notice you're being followed in a town with like 10 cars. But anyway, they go off to Ben's house and the dome, mini dome's having a hissy fit. I don't know why. It's buzzing and orange lights are coming out of it. What's wrong? Your freaky sphere's going crazy, man. Show us. It's making a lot of noise, so Ben put a lot of blankets on it. Then they come over and they gotta take the blankets off. Um, and Linda's like, whoa! That's, that's how that it, stuff ends. Um, I wanted to talk about the other prison interrogation, Big Jim talking to Barbie. I swear, if you hurt those you what, kids... And you're in no position to make any threats. How about I do the talking? It was very reminiscent of Game of Thrones. And I think it came out around the same time actually let me let me see game of thrones it was 2011 okay and under the dome 2013 okay so it's a bit later anyway um game of thrones spoilers if you don't want to be spoiled on game of thrones season one uh don't listen past this so you all remember game of thrones season one the big twist what got everybody talking is what is it ned baratheon or ned baratheon for my fanfic with uh, Ned and Robert. Uh, Ned Stark, uh, you know, Lord uh, Warden of the North, um, is our main character through the first uh, 10 episodes of this ensemble show. Uh, and then around this, in the penultimate episode to the finale, he's put in jail. Uh, people come and see him and make deals with him and all that. And then he gets his head chopped off. Uh, and you know he's our main character and he's dead in season two we gotta go into it without a main character this episode 
Barbie, our main character of this ensemble of people, uh, gets captured and put in jail. And, you know, people come and talk to him, uh, make deals with him. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they're going to kill him. Maybe they're inspired by what was the hottest show on TV. I'm not going to spoil what happens, but wouldn't that be wild if Barbie just died? Like, he's not Big Jim. I don't think anybody's going to protest that the actor who plays Barbie is not on the show. <laughs> I would. I would have done that. Um, maybe I did do that. I don't want to spoil anything, but I just thought that was a really interesting comparison. Um, continuing on on that thread, uh, Big Jim basically says, you got to confess to all the murders or else... Angie McAllister will charge her as an accessory to your crimes. And her brother Joe and that little firecracker he's been rubbing noses with. It's no leap to link them to the death of Dodie Weaver. Then there's your redhead. If she ever comes out of her coma, she'll go down for hiring a known criminal to murder her husband for the insurance money. Now that's as cold uh, as cold blooded gets. And Barbie's like, how do I know you're going to keep your word? You don't. You don't have any power here, Barbie. See ya. He leaves. Um, by the way, before this, uh, Barbie tried to convince Linda that he was innocent, and I don't know, it's, it's such a lame defense. He was like, All of these things that I'm being accused of, I would never hurt Julia. You gotta know that. First of all, Linda's like, Well, what about her husband? He's like, Well, you got me there. Um, and he doesn't say anything like it was self defense. He's like, No, yeah, I killed him. But also, he's on trial for killing so many people at this point. Maybe say I didn't kill all of those people. If if your whole theory is just that you wouldn't have motivation to kill one person, it's uh, you know, not a, not a great case. What I'd do is I'd say like Big Jim did it because he kills people all the time. But anyway, maybe Barbie did say that. Doesn't work. Linda doesn't fall for it. Um. Yeah. So the episode sort of ends. They go to town hall. Um, a bunch of yahoos assemble outside, uh, just waiting for Barbie to say that he's uh, guilty. Um, at first I thought it was just silly, because it's a big building that says Chester's Mill Town Hall, just in big letters on, at the front of it. And I was like, town halls don't look like that. But I googled it, and I found most town halls don't look like that. They don't have the name of the town in big letters. But I was able to find a few examples that do. Looking at you, Sudbury. Um, so yeah, it's not totally unrealistic to have the name of the town and town hall on the front of the building. Oh, I forgot to comment on this earlier. Angie and Julia, Julia wakes up and she's like, oh, what's going on? It's like, oh, you, you've missed a lot. <laughs> um, she confirms that Barbie didn't shoot her to Angie. But the main thing is, Barbie was like, you guys leave, they won't look for you. But what he forgot is that Angie left in an ambulance like isn't that the most easy thing to track down and they go they end up driving back to the clinic where are we we're in the clinic in the storage room maybe stupid but i thought it was the last place they'd look for us but like you know they, now they know that the ambulance is back but i i doubled back and left the ambulance behind a billboard on the road i don't know i just thought that part was stupid um anyway the episode ends with uh Big Jim uh, basically trying to get Barbie to confess to the murders. You can tell he's expecting Barbie to. The charges brought against you, Mr. Barbara. How do you plead? And Barbie goes, Not guilty. Uh, and meanwhile, Junior's looking at the dome. Uh, it's building up to the finale uh, climax next week.
Fun thing that I did on this episode, uh, in the last few minutes, Lindsay started watching some Modern Family. It's on Netflix, first eight seasons. Give it a look. Looking for sponsors uh, from ABC now, <laughs> after CBS didn't give me anything. Um, but basically we were watching, uh, or she was watching it, and I, had, I put on subtitles because I had about two minutes left of the episode, so I just turned the volume down. Um, the subtitles are great. Um, they, they just... They describe all of the noises the dome makes, and apparently what the dome's usual noise is deep, throbbing whoosh. So if, if you're listening at home and you're thinking, like, I'm not getting the full picture, whenever I talk about the dome, just imagine a deep, throbbing whoosh. Or not. You don't have to. Don't, don't feel like you need to. Yeah, the main topic for this episode on how I think it's going to relate to us, I, I talked on dome tornadoes, but that was sort of last week. Um... How much do our rights stay with us in an emergency situation like this? I don't know. A part of it we've already touched on. If you don't live in the United States or Canada anymore because you live in Domesville, uh, the new sovereign country, then theoretically none of your rights apply. Uh, but we've already talked about that. Um, this one I actually think is very reminiscent of uh, coronavirus, you know? Um, you have a right to um, protest and all that jazz. But you also, uh, from a state of emergency, can be banned from not social distancing. And it's like, it's been interesting. Like, you'll notice nobody gets ticketed or um, arrested or anything for protesting, even though it seems to be against government orders. And I think that's because they know they would actually lose that argument in court. Um, and nobody's going to, you know, argue against... You know, the landmark case isn't going to be a guy playing tennis in, his, uh, in a public park. It would be against a free speech protest. But anyway, under a dome, would people still have their rights? Um, and that is the type of hard-hitting questions that I'm sure everybody's listening in on for this. Um, I would say, well, what's the right in this one? To have rent? I guess John Tory in this scenario and his band of goons come into your house and look for <laughs> murderers. Um, no, I don't think people would do that because I think it's stupid. I think there's like a million houses in this city. Um, we're not going to send out our already overstaffed or overstaffed, overworked police department to do a sweep of every house. There's better things to do. Um, I don't know, so I, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't, I don't think people would want to give up their rights. I don't think there's a miles in town being like, uh, you can search my house first, Big Jim. Um, I think it would be more like, stay the hell out of my house. <laughs> I don't have a murderer in there, but I might if you come in here. <laughs> that's funny because in the show that would mean that you know because they let Big Jim into their house. Uh, in real life, it's more of a threat that uh, they will stand their ground. Anyway, uh, that's episode 12. We're almost done season one of Under the Dome, and that means we are actually a third of the way through. Uh, Under the Dome is very consistent with its 13-episode seasons. Um, thanks for listening all the way through to the now. Um, I can promise you the show is only going to get more weird. Um, everything up until now will look quaint um, by the time we're done. Um, hopefully I can pick up the pace a little bit it's been slipping to more or less once a week um it's not Lindsay's fault <laughs> it's been been all me on the pipeline nice chatting with y'all signing off from chester's mill see ya bye 
Hey guys, so I'm gonna try and be brief because I know this has already been a pretty long episode, but there was so much that happened, I really have to touch on a few more things. The first thing I wanna talk about is a couple relationships. So the problem with Big Jim is he has his hand in so many different storylines right now, but there's only one Big Jim. So what they've started doing is he started to sort of farm out his work to the other cops, which is hilarious because the other cops are his son and Linda, who's the only person that knows the bad stuff he's done, but for whatever reason, they keep doing what he said. Uh, in terms of uh, Big Jim and his son Junior, um, there's a few really weird moments. Uh, the first two actually happen in the first scene in the town hall meeting. Uh, Junior, who in the last at the end of the last uh, episode saw his father being murdered in the dome, uh, runs to his father and hugs him, and this is Big Jim's response. What's going on, James? Yep. <laughs> About as gruff as you can get, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and then he then, a little while later into the scene, asks him to stand guard in Julia's room, which you'll remember Steve talking about. Now, here's the weird thing to me, though. Um, I'm going to play the clip, and you can tell that part of the reason he wants Junior in there, he says he already has other guards, but the reason he wants Junior in the room is mostly because if Julia wakes up and says anything, I think he trusts Junior in a way. But at the same time, to me, I don't know why he would trust Junior. Like... Usually his plan is, well, if someone hears something, kill them. So why would you want your son to be the person that you might have to kill if Julia says anything? It's uh, iffy she's ever going to regain consciousness. But by chance, if she does wake up and start talking, you need to get on that walkie and let me know. No one else. Just me. So to me, that was very, very odd. Um, and honestly, uh, I also will say there's there's this weird moment where uh, Psycho Jr. for the first time comes out in front of his father. Like, he stuck through him, you know, when he found out about Angie, did all this, he's talked about how weird he is. But for the most part, Jr. still tries to act pretty uh, scared little boy around his father. But there's this moment where he, he has a line. I love you, Dad, but don't lie to me. That would be very bad for both of us. Yeah, it's really creepy, and then his dad proceeds to lie to him some more. So I don't know. I think there's going to be some weird, you know, stuff there. Anyways, uh, we'll see what happens with that in the next episode. Uh, there's also one more moment. Um, we've touched on uh, Big Jim and Linda before, but you'll remember that Linda just found out that Big Jim is a bad guy, and I guess she totally believed all his stuff about trying to help the town because... When they, she, throughout this episode, she talks to Phil about how much she's going to get Barbie and he, he'll pay and all this. And then when they finally have Barbie in custody, this is the discussion between Linda and Big Jim. What about Barbie? He's downstairs. Lock up. Good. Now what? Let him sweat. So you'll notice that she says, now what? Like, Big Jim, you're in charge. And I just thought that was the epitome of how silly... And how bad of a cop Linda is, really, <laughs> is uh, the epitome of that. So uh, that doesn't look good for Barbie because I think he'd be able to convince Linda if she wasn't so under uh, Big Jim's thumb, but we'll see. Um, okay, the next thing we're going to talk about. Um, so <laughs> there is a theme in this episode of people saying that Barbie is going to die if Big Jim catches him. 
And the third time, I believe it's the third time that we hear this, it's Julia when she wakes up, finds out what Big Jim's doing. You know, she wants to go to Barbie's side. She wants to help him. And Angie says, What do you think they'll do to him? They're going to kill him. Now, it seems like a simple enough uh, line out of context, but in the show, this was treated as a big, giant reveal or, or some sort of dramatic moment. Meanwhile, we've also heard this. What do you think's gonna happen when he finds Barbie? Your monarch won't be crowned, Joe. It's more like the monarch gets his head chopped off. And this. You think Big Jim's gonna kill Barbie? From what he's saying on the radio, it sure sounds like he wants to. We need to help him then. Guys, shut up! So, this isn't even the first time in the episode that the characters have said that Barbie is going to die, so I'm not sure why the writers or the editors or directors or anyone thought this would be an important moment for us as the audience. In fact, I'm by this point, I'm sick of hearing it, uh, and I, I, I'm understanding that Big Jim might kill him, so, you know, let's move on, guys. Now, the last moment, I mean, we spend our most of our time ragging on these uh, shows and the writing and these characters, but this sh this episode had the first moment when I've ever heard Angie have a really smart line, I guess. Angie's smart. Or not a terrible line that didn't make any sense. So Angie and Barbie are heading off to rescue Julia, and before they go in, before they jump in, they're talking about how to get in, and Angie says this. What about the guards inside? Big Jim must know you're coming for her. You might have moved her already. There are a lot of ifs here. Those are all really good points. In fact, my theory is that that was a that was a plot that someone wrote that, you know, they did this big, you know, Mission Impossible style, you know, get in to save Julia and then last second they realize Big Jim has moved her. And, you know, I think that's a great idea. But then the writers were like, nah, we're just going to do it this way. But that's a cool idea. Let's, you know, throw a line in there or something. And honestly, I wish they'd done that plot. It would have been better than all of this. So kudos to Angie for having her very first smart thought. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, hopefully uh, you guys will join us for the finale very soon. Steve and I have decided to watch it together, so you're going to get both of our thoughts a bit more. Um, anyways, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, signing off from Chester's Mill. Bye!